This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. One giant step. How about a live edition of One Giant Step? Well, it's not live for you, but it's live in person. Myself, Sean Morash, and Tommy Lugauer together, not looking at each other from across a computer screen together, coming to you from Bob's by the Bay in Bayshore, New York, a little remote broadcast, what I like to call my backyard bar. Tommy, welcome to my home. How are you? I'm doing well, Sean. So basically the background here is we're going through a heat wave, as all you know, those of us that listen to us on the East Coast. And I just hit up Sean yesterday and I'm like, dude, I'm off from work. It's 95 degrees. I live in the city. I have no water to jump into. You got a pool. So I invited myself over. I said, listen, we'll hang out. We'll barbecue. And then we'll record the podcast. It's perfect. Meanwhile, I just really wanted to go take a dip in his pool because it's 97,000 degrees outside. And you shouldn't have to use the podcast as an excuse (laughs) to come in my pool. Now, that being said, the podcast had to be done anyway. So it just worked out, which is a good thing. So. Here we are. So if this sounds a little different than usual, we decided rather than go down to the studios, I usually do it. Let's see how it sounds like for a little outdoor broadcast here as we take a, we run a play, as we like to say. And hey, changing up the concept is something Jason Garrett didn't do all of last year. So we're going to run <laughs> a little play outside, uh, you know, see how the levels sound. But either way, having fun. And rookies have reported the training camp, as we stated and did in our little preview rookies report. They're lifting a lot of weights, a lot of gym shorts going on. Injured veterans have shown up. We already have the, you know, the rookie tight end Daniel Bellinger on pup, but plenty to get into. And we will look ahead again to training camp and all the practices uh, beginning in next week's episodes. But a couple important Giants notes here. And, you know, maybe at the tail end of this, we'll have some fun with the day's adventures. The first one is, as I just mentioned, The tight end room is extremely, extremely thin. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones is basically leading the Chargers starting tight end. So there was some hope that rookie Daniel Bellinger could be the Kevin Boss of this kind of draft class. And how how tight end heavy the Giants are should be interesting because I think anybody but Evan Ingram dropping passes was an upgrade. And their rookie, and I'm not going to call him a prize rookie because when you're a mid-round pick, it's one thing. But a guy that people thought could start is starting on Pup with a you know basically a hip injury. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be some kind of expert uh, watching Daniel Bellinger's tape, but I will say it's got to be a little disappointing that a rookie that you were counting on at a position that's very thin is starting the season on the pup list. So we'll see how, I don't know, uh, bad the hip injury is. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's something. Last year, Matt Pert started on pup, and he was fine a week later, so it could be nothing. But I bring that up because we're a Giants podcast here for Giants fans, by Giants fans, and it's the least Giants injury news. And by the way, if we get by this year in August and Daniel Bellinger's the only real noteworthy injury, I would say we're doing okay. So I'm not ready to hit the panic button yet. No, definitely not. And and the tight end position to me, Evan Ingram was essentially public enemy number one. I mean, with the drops, the injuries. Well, he couldn't block either. It'd be one thing if he's dropping passes and he's a good run blocker. 
Come on. No, dude. And, and I mean, you saw flashes from him all the time and he would just drive you nuts because we saw the potential, but just so many mental mistakes. It was time for him to go. And I understand Ricky Seals Jones is not going to get anybody excited and, and Bellinger and all these guys. But to me, that's a position where anything you get from it's gravy. And I think we just wanted to move on from yeah. Ingram. Do we have our tight end of the future right now on the team? Probably not. But oh, anything- that could easily be next year's first round pick. No. That's interesting because I, I, you know what it is, Sean? I'm not in love with taking tight ends in the first round. I really not. And we've seen a lot of guys get taken. Well, I for think LeBron and, and guys like that yeah. that just never make it. I'm not in love with it. Jeremy it depends. Shockey. Shockey for sure. But we're thinking they're going to be bad this year, right? So, I mean, like, I, let, let me put well, it this well, way. Hold on. The only one. Even I, middle of the road. You're taking a, a tight end mid first round. I don't love that personally. Well, there's two caveats. Number one, I think the expectation is it's going to be a quarterback in the first round next year. I hope so. Better be. But here's how it becomes a tight end. And this is a million hopscotches down the road. Okay. It becomes a tight end. If Daniel Jones is healthy for 17 games, the team wins 10 games. I'm not telling you this is going to happen. What I'm telling you is they don't sign him to a deal like Kyler Murray just got, but Daniel Jones agrees to come back for three years, let's right. say. And they basically don't go all in, or they franchise him sure. to see it for another year. And he stayed healthy and the team's good. Okay, well, now let's see you do it in two years. And because you've won 10 games, you're not picking in the top five, the top eight. You're more in those middle rounds, that kind of deal. And I could just tell you, it's shame on me for not having his name ready, but the tight end from Notre Dame is already being you know, bounded about as, you know, a top 15 type pick. So I would not go the route of, hey, you have a top five pick. Let's go Kyle Pitts. I think that was stupid by the Falcons. Yeah. I just bring it up because it's such a thin position. And Pitts in a lot of ways is like a wide receiver. Yeah. I understand he plays tight end, but he's essentially a wide receiver. And it's stupid to be talking about next year's draft and where the Giants go in the first round because there's a million different ways, right? I say quarterback, it could be corner. Sure. I just bring up tight end because, and this is maybe something we'll get to in the next episode when we talk about things we're really looking at the training camp. It probably is their thinnest position. Where yes, I, I feel like none of the tight ends on the roster, unless Bellinger ends up being a lunch pail guy, a guy you like. And by the way, George Kittle, not a first round pick. No, Travis Kelsey, not a first nope. round pick. How dare I even think Bellinger could be one of those guys? But my god, Antonio Gates wasn't even drafted, right? So you, you could find far. your tight end not in the first round. Maybe Bellinger is that and he is a starter. The point is, it's a thin position, uh, and it's funny to do that. But I also bring up tight ends here, and this is I could tell you about. Two hours ago is me and Tommy were prepping this in the pool, mind you, as we watched the Yankees Astros in my pool. Hey, we, 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 we do uniforms for 45 minutes. We're going to get into the blue uniforms for that long. And here we are we're already going, going on with the tight ends. Another nugget I, I wanted to bring up. On well, but Sean, before you bring up the nugget, I really wanted to bring up something just so we don't, I don't lose the point. The Jones thing's interesting too, because okay. with the shorter contract, cause I never thought of it like that because you could, there's could, they might be an argument. If that plays out, that scenario plays out where you go first year under Dable, we saw improvement. We saw signs, but it's just year one. How about in year two, year three, which would make you as a giant fan go, all right, maybe if they do sign him for a three-year deal, this guy could blossom. And that's how you could sell it to your fan base. One year under Dable, oh. improved, hurt. Because I know a lot of people, and I think it, me for sure want to move on. But if they he is healthy, they do win nine or ten games, and he shows improvement, you could also sell it on this was year one under Dable. What's year two going to be like? What's year three going to yeah. be like? And we're going to get more weapons around them. And I'm not telling you it's going to happen, but right. if we all like the Brian Dable hire, and to a, a greater extent, Mike Kafka, former backup quarterback, Eagles, whatever, but he mm-hmm. comes from that Chiefs system, yeah. learning under Andy Reid, and it's very clear he's going to call plays, right? So if we believe in the offensive philosophy, I have hammered this point home, and I will argue this with Giant fans time and time again. 
My issue with Daniel Jones, and there are a number of them, the biggest one to me has still been the health and not being on the field. No doubt. And I do believe that if Daniel Jones plays 17 games, the Giants aren't as bad as they were last year, despite so many offensive deficiencies, because I still look at that first month of the year, they're losing games, but Daniel Jones was humming along. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a bad quarterback in the first month of the year. I don't think that Daniel Jones, unless he wins league MVP this year, which nobody's telling you he was going to do that. No, I don't think Daniel Jones has a good year. He wins 10 games and the Giants suddenly go, yes, here's your 240 million like Tyler Murray. Yeah, got. you can't do that. You just can't. It wouldn't be but smart. I do think that if he has a solid year, the Giants happen to get one of those two wild card spots in an NFC where who could figure out the bottom rung. They show great improvement. The offense looks different because the wide receivers are moving in motion and, and it's just cooking, let's say. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think a, you know a three-year kind of not up against the cap deal for quarterback is not outrageous, and then still gives you those outs year in and year out. All right, he's hurt again. Now we go make our move for our quarterback. Right, and he becomes essentially your backup. Right, uh, overpriced backup, but a backup. I think it's at least on the table now. Yeah. Again, again sure. I will tell you, I had Paul Schwartz. He was a pop on the fan on Tuesday night, mm-hmm. and I kind of posed the question: Saquon Barkley or Daniel Jones? If you had to pick one, who's on the roster in twenty twenty three? Who is it? Jones. You said Jones and I said Jones too, yeah. because I was thinking about that. Because to me, under no circumstance, if Saquon Barkley had a Jonathan Taylor year where he was close to being an MVP this year, I still wouldn't pay him. I am with you hundred percent. I still wouldn't pay him. And, it, and again, that's what you'd be waiting for. But ultimately you're going to, that would, you just don't do that. No, because you know, in two, three years, you're definitely going to regret that. hundred percent. I think at the quarterback position, you can make the case if I'm not, stretching the cap and I'm signing Daniel Jones to a three-year deal. I don't know that I necessarily regret that because again, you could always take a quarterback in the sure. first round and he's still young. And I mean, if he shows some promise, right. yeah, you keep him around. Paul Schwartz's answer, by the way, was neither, neither night doesn't envision a world where neither, especially because they, they hadn't drafted Jones. See to me, I think it's probably likely Jones isn't back, but I, I, I if all went positive, 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 I could see him back. I could uh, franchise tag. Or or otherwise. So that's kind of where we're at with that. And I wanted to bring up the tight ends here, Tommy, because did you see the other tight end news that came across that I totally forgot about until the last 10 minutes we started the podcast that I wanted to bring up? Give it to me. Kyle Rudolph signing with the Bucks. Now, I by no means wanted to bring back Kyle Rudolph. What a mistake by Dave Gettleman. And no, I was a sucker. I was a sucker last year that said, you know what? I know he was coming off a down year in Minnesota, but what's been the Giants' big problem? Red zone, red zone, red zone. And that's Rudolph's zone. biggest strength. And I know we have an Ingram, yeah. but Rudolph can come on. The, he can actually throw some blocks off sure. the edge, help out Saquon in the run game, yeah. and in the red zone, because he had been a red zone threat earlier in his career, this would be good for the Giants. And, of course, Kyle Rudolph gives you nothing, nothing in the red zone all year. He's hurt a bunch. He was hurt in camp, does nothing. Nobody gave you anything in the red zone, though, to be fair, on the entire team. But. And I bring this up because clearly that was a salary that had to be moved by the Giants as part mm-hmm. of the Dave Gettleman clear out. Yep. Clearly. But the fact that of all the teams to sign Kyle Rudolph, <laughs> it's the Bucks with Tom Brady, uh-huh. who Gronk is retired right now. His girlfriend thinks he might come back or whatever. He'll be back by like, you know, eight. they have Cameron Brady. But the Bucks with Tom Brady. Yep. I feel like the Brian Windhorse meme. What does that mean? People are trying to figure out what does that mean. Okay. And the only reason I say that, if Tom Brady is giving a stamp of approval of signing Kyle Rudolph, could he be that bad? Oh, I mean, when you're with Tom Brady, I mean, you're going to obviously be way better. It makes me think Kyle Rudolph's going to have some touchdowns this year. Well, again. And we're going to have Ricky Seals, Jones out there running tight end. I'm going to go. 
damn. I understand that, dude. But when you're talking about Kyle Rudolph on the Bucks with Brady, with Evans, with all the weapons they have, Godwin, I mean, you can't possibly compare that to the scenario that Rudolph was in last year with Daniel Jones and Garrett calling plays and the offense being as bad and as broken as it was. So, yeah, will we kick ourselves in, you know, in week 13 when Rudolph has like eight or nine touchdowns already? Maybe, but I wouldn't because it's a totally different scenario. Because if Tom Brady played for the Giants last year, Kyle Rudolph would have played well. And it's just as easy that Kyle Rudolph stinks. He is a veteran former pro that Brady gave us a stamp to. And by November, Gronk's out of retirement and back, and Kyle Rudolph's a non-factor. Yeah, by the way, exactly. Because Gronk's retired, great. He's done this before. He could easily come back again. I just think that we could sit here and do this podcast, and I'm telling you, if literally... Any other team signed Kyle <laughs> Rudolph right before camp? I, I'm telling you, could give me any of them. I was gonna say Rams. I was gonna give you that one. Hey, even them, I'd be like okay. Patriots. I'm trying to think of a team that would. But even, Cowboys, somebody that would like. No, bother see, you. none of those yeah. would bother me because I would just say you guys don't even understand what you're getting. What we just got into, <laughs> but the Bucks with Brady's like, ooh, maybe we, you know, right, maybe we should have found a way to keep him. Considering how thin our tight end room is. Because everybody wants to play with Brady, but that doesn't mean Brady wants everybody. So obviously Brady definitely sees something in Rudolph, and I'm sure they're going to get the most out of the guy if he stays healthy. It wouldn't, it's not going to surprise me at all. It's Tom Brady. The tight end room, fascinating. And again, the tight ends will be something that gets talked about throughout this podcast throughout the next six weeks because it is one of the most interesting – well, maybe because it's a dumpster fire battles in training. Camp. Well, I think it's also one of those things where the casual giant fan, you know, because there's some giant fans that go, you know what? Season ends. I'll see you in the summer. I'll see you in the fall. And, and, and you might tune in on week one. Right. There's plenty of those giant fans that listen to WFA and they tune in week one and go, wait, who's this guy? And you're thinking, all right, well, Ingram's not here anymore. We got to have some kind of tight end. You start looking at the depth chart and you go, what is going right. on? Did somebody get hurt? Why right. do we not have a tight end? You know, there are plenty of fans that are like that. Yeah, no, th- those are the tight ends they have. <laughs> right. It's it's pathetic. It's awful. It's thin. But again, if they're running four wide receiver sets sure. and fullback, you know, they, it just may be a, an offense that's so much lessened by the tight end that right. it doesn't really matter. They had a block. Right. Exactly. When Wandell Robinson is out there with Tony at the same time as Shepard is the same time as Galladay, then it's OK that, you know, whoever is out there blocking. So we'll see. So early tight end discussion here on the pod. I didn't feel like uh, it's kind of amazing that we got there. OK.